You are listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. We hope this teaching deepens your relationship with Jesus and encourages you to share your faith with others. Please enjoy the message. Well, when I was a teenager, I went on a canoe trip with some guys from my church. It was a summer day. It was We were on this Texas river. There was about 25 guys that got together, two per canoe. We, it was a two-canoe situation. It was me and one of my friends. We shared this canoe with like 25 other people, right? And everything was going fine until we saw some rapids approaching on the left-hand side of the river. So um, everyone was like, keep right, which, which we, we did, or at least me and my friend, we tried. The whole group went to the right and avoided the rapids. But there was another canoe with two of my other friends in that canoe, and they gave us a little nudge with their paddle, forcing us into the rapids. Now, me and my friend, both just extremely strong, muscular individuals, we were like giving everything we got to try to paddle away from the rapids. Y'all, water is strong, um, and we could not escape. The next thing I know... We are into these rapids, and we there's like a there's a tree, and it's like a low hanging tree over the rapids over the river, and we freaking hit it sideways, and water starts just dumping over the side of our canoe. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm gonna die, and um, water sucked the canoe like like it filled it up completely to where it eventually sucked us. It like glued us to the canoe, like the water was hitting us. And we couldn't escape, and then it, it, it capsized, and it was pinned under the tree of raging water with us inside. And there's only been a couple of times in life where I thought, like, I'm really going to die, like, right here. And this was one of those times. I, I was like, it's getting dark. And, um, and I was sucking in water. It was rushing up in my nose and stuff. And I, me and my friends simultaneously made the decision to just let go and let God, and, and uh, thankfully, we just kind of got sucked underneath, like the undertow. We didn't hit anything bad, and we just came out the other side of that tree. We looked down the river, all of our stuff, dude, like shoes, all of our snacks, like phones were destroyed because um, it was like before they were waterproof and stuff, backpacks. You know, I had my Bible in there because like Jesus, and uh, it was destroyed. The canoe upside down, just like floating down the river. It was, a, it was a sad sight. It was a super sad sight. Um, I share that story because in that moment, I needed help. Not just from God to save me, which praise him, he did. But I needed help literally like collecting all of my stuff off of the shore. And uh, I think that's something that in life we all have in common. Like sometimes we just need a little bit of help, right? And uh, there are different opportunities, different circumstances that we find ourselves in. Some of us got ourselves into that situation where you need help. And it's like, what's your own dang fault, boy? Some of us, other people put us in that situation, and it was out of our control. But regardless, I think one thing we all have in common is that we all need help. Like, God didn't put us on this planet to do this life alone. Uh, there's another thing that I think we all have in common that goes hand in hand with this, and it's that we care. We all need help, and everybody cares I've seen this generation care more than almost any other generation in human history, if not the most. Like, we speak up for injustice when we see it. We're not okay with things not being okay. 
Like when, when we see something that's wrong, we want to make it right. We want to do something about it. I've seen people post about inequality. I've seen people support causes that you might never have anything physically to do with, but you'll, you'll support or you'll even donate or you'll go out of your way um, to make sure that good is happening in the world, and that's because we care. But sometimes when we look at the world and all of the need, that's all over the place because if everybody needs help, right, it can be really overwhelming. All the need in the world can feel really overwhelming. And when we're going through something and we're the one who needs help, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be someone that adds to the need of the world. I don't want to be another person with another problem, right, just adding to the overwhelming nature. So I just tend to keep it inside. I don't let anybody know I need help. I don't let anybody know that anything's wrong. You just suppress it. You push it down, right? Because eventually it'll go away, right? No, it's going to bubble up and explode and come out in the worst way possible someday. We know that, but we do it anyway. So what do we do? How are we as party starters, it's hard to say the right way, how are we as party starters supposed to, to not only live the full life that Jesus promised us, but to help other people do the same? How are we supposed to care while we have need and care and meet the needs of others? How can we make a difference big enough to matter, right? Well, dur during Jesus's time on earth, people were asking him all kinds of questions. He was this emerging rabbi, this religious leader that was kind of pushing the boundaries of everything that everyone thought about what it meant to follow God. And uh, Jesus' canoe mate, his name is Luke, one of them, his friends, one of his followers. And if, by the way, if you want to open your Bible to the book of Luke, that'll be great. That's where we're going to be this morning. As I continue to set it up, you can flip there, get there on your phone, whatever. Luke chapter 10. We're going to be in the Bible every Sunday morning, by the way, so you might as well just bring it. Um, and also a thing to take notes on, too, if anything stands out. But uh, Jesus' canoe mate, Luke, he wrote about this encounter that Jesus had with one of another religious leader, like an expert in all things religion and law. He would have been like just this mega church pastor or something at the time with all of the degrees of in theology. And uh, that guy asked Jesus in a way to sort of challenge him. Like, he, he says, what does it take to follow you? You say you're God, you're doing all that. Like, what does it take to follow you and live this full life that you're promising people? What does that take? And of course, uh, Jesus didn't answer the question how you would expect Jesus to answer the question. He went rogue, classic Jesus. Here's what he replies. He says, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? He answers the question with a question, sassy little Jesus. And, and so the man answered. He said, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Luke chapter 10, verses 26 through 27. Now, if you'll remember, if you were with us, a little while back in the month of March, we did a series called Simplify, where we broke, you were there, um, we, <laughs> we broke down basically everything, all of Jesus' teaching, everything that he said, and he says the law and the prophets hinge on these two things. Remember what they are? Love God, love people. There it is. Love God and love people. And that's what the guy is saying. He's like, love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. That would be other people. But the religious guy met Jesus with the sass. He comes back with him and he says, um, 
He's like, well, then who is my neighbor, right? And so um, Jesus answers him like this in a parable. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And the, the road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a commonly traveled road. People went down it all the time. This was a, a lot of traffic on this road. But this guy on this particular day was attacked by bandits. You don't see bandits around as much anymore. It's, it's weird. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead and naked. <laughs> it's, it's just, I'm just saying, it's in the text. It's biblical. It's in the scriptures. Um, how embarrassing and humiliating would this be? to have everything taken from you and to see all of your stuff just floating down the river, including your clothes. Thankfully, I, mine were on. Um, I know what the religious guy's thinking. He's thinking, great, another parable. Um, and you guys can read it yourself if you want to, essentially, like if you're in the Bible, like again, it's in Luke chapter 10. But, but essentially what ends up happening is there's this guy, he's beaten, he's robbed, he's, he's naked, he's on the roadside, almost dead, and this Jewish priest walks by, and you know what he does? <gasps> Nothing. He doesn't do anything. This would be like Pastor Dave walking by, like this man of the cloth, someone that you're like, of all people, he should do something. And he just walks right by and does nothing. Then a Levite, another spiritual leader of the time, who walks by also does nothing. Then something wild happens, and this is in verse 33. A despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion on the man. Now, a Samaritan would have been like an enemy, a person from a different people group. They didn't talk to Jews. They didn't like Jews. They didn't get along with Jews. It would be like Slytherin and freaking Gryffindor out here. They're like, I don't talk to you. And, and it would be like Malfoy helping Harry. And, and so <laughs> you got to say it like that. Um, did I get that right? I've never seen the movies. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. I had to do a lot of research. I researched that more than the Bible to do this sermon this morning. So I'm hoping... Okay, good. I'm glad we're on track. Y'all tracking with me. <laughs> but, but Jesus goes on to say that, that the Samaritan, Samaritan guy, he mended the Jewish guy's wounds. He bandaged him all up. He took him to an inn or a hotel, basically, where he could rest. He paid for everything and then gave him a little extra even and, uh, and set the guy up good to succeed. So because when the Jewish guy was asking, who is my neighbor, he's really asking, look, who am I obligated to help? Like, who do I have to help? Because the religious guys, they were only helping each other. Are you like the religious guy? Like, do you only help each other? Are the people that you like and the people that you know and the people that you're familiar and comfortable with? Because this guy got way out of his comfort zone, and Jesus used this word picture to demonstrate the fact that, no, 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 who am I obligated to help is the wrong question. The answer is everyone. Who am I obligated to help? Anyone in need, no matter what, no matter what they look like, wh wh like where they're at, what they're into, whether you like them or not, whether y'all got beef or history, whether they're your ex. <laughs> help them out if they need the help. That's what loving your neighbor truly means. And that's why it's a challenge. And that's why only party starters do it. Because if everyone did it, well, I mean, it would be easy. Everyone would do it. But this is something that's unnatural, that's difficult, that's, that goes against the grain. Helping people that you don't like, that you don't get along with, that no one else is going to even go near. There's nothing sexy about that. There's nothing cool about that. 
there, it's just like, like that's something different. That's something special. That's going the extra mile. That's kind of the culmination of everything we've talked about in this series leads up to this. And it's hard. A party starter uses what they have for the good of others. So as we finish off, I just kind of want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Ready? And if you're taking notes, write these down. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? We just talked about how God would leave the 99 and go after the one. That makes no sense. Who is someone that it almost makes no sense that you would help or even acknowledge? Because when I'm asking who is your neighbor, I'm not talking about someone in your geographical proximity. I'm talking about someone probably that you don't like. Like if someone came up and you're like, oh God, no, please not them. That's probably them. And in fact, if, if that's in you, it's probably God working in you saying like, I want to stretch you. I want to challenge you to take care of that person, to see that person, to leave that. And you're like, no. And God's like, yes, little one, you can do it. Who's your neighbor? What do they need? Do they need time? Do they need attention? Is it someone in, the, in a third world country who needs resources or a visit? Is it someone right here in our neighborhood? Is it someone in your family? What do they need? Who are they? What do they need? What do you have is the next question. What do I have? And then how can I use what I have to meet that need? It's very systematic and it makes total sense. Here's what I want us to do. Again, if you have notes, in fact, if you've got a phone, right, you got the notes app, pull that thing out right now. And if you don't have a phone, and you just write it down. And if you don't have a way to write anything down or a phone, write it down in your heart and in your memory. This is going to be a, it's like a prayer. And I think if we pray this, because I believe in the power of prayer, it'll be very effective. And we'll actually start to not just talk about it, but to be about it. So get into your notes app. When we're done, you can screenshot it, set it as your wallpaper. Pro tip, set a reminder for every day at 11.23 a.m. to pray this prayer. It'll take you four seconds, and it'll make a big difference. might change your life. Ready? Here's the prayer. Write it. Type it out. God, please open my eyes to the needs around me. God, please open my eyes to the needs around me. Help me to see where the needs are, right? And show me what I can do to help. God, please open my eyes to the needs around me. Show me what I can do to help. And then last, help me love my neighbor as myself. You would want someone to do this for you. You would want someone to see you, to acknowledge you, to help you when you need it, when all your stuff is floating down the river. Because you know what my friends did? They all pulled their canoes. They had a good laugh, right? They pulled their canoes off onto the shore. They got in with their shoes and their pants on. They got all of my stuff for me as it zipped down the river. They pulled it ashore. They helped me dry it out. They bought me new stuff. They took care of me. You can be that person. You can part the starty. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. To learn about our mission, gatherings, and more, please follow us on Instagram at rbyouth. Or check out our website at riverbend.com slash students. If you were encouraged by this message, please subscribe, rate us, and consider sharing our channel with a friend. Available anywhere you get podcasts.